Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley and Murata Mornings. From this point on, it's, it's going to be more of a, a concise rotation. A few games left. Uh, we start to get Chris up and it's a little bit. We're trying to lock in on that nine and a half. It's going to be important, especially with Kevin and DA coming out. We feel like Kevin can fit right in anywhere we play. And DA knows what we're doing. So right now, I'm going to do my best to shrink the rotation and let the guys who are playing get a rhythm. Monty Williams, the head coach of the uh, Suns, yesterday at practice talking about, uh, and he did talk about it. Uh, you could you could barely hear it over the sound of the bouncing basketballs. But uh, talking about having a more concise rotation from this point on. What, 11 games left for the Suns in the regular season. So it is time for a couple of things to happen. Yes, that needs to be figured out. And yeah, you got two big rotation pieces coming back in DeAndre Ayton and Kevin Durant. But again, I'll, I'll re- reiterate this point. I think by saying it makes it public, and I'm sure it's been talked about behind closed doors with the with the Suns too. This puts more pressure, Tim, on the candidates for those rotation roles to step up their games, and we haven't seen that consistently from really any of those guys right now. So this is not a singling out of Josh Okoge or Tory Craig or Landry Shamit or uh, Damian Lee. But now, if those guys want to be part of that concise playoff rotation, they need to play better than they have. Well, let's play Let's play a little game. You want to play a game? Sure. Shall we play a game? Um, Mustache. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's start. I'm still smarting over the Sean McVay not a mustache thing. I, uh, I know, I know. Controversial. I agree. Yeah. Did I agree. You, did you file a formal protest with, no. the, uh, with the board? I'm like Devin Booker. I'm used to this kind of officiating by now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start with this. How many players do you feel will be in the Suns' rotation come playoff time, assuming... Everybody's healthy. What's the number Monty gave? Nine and a half? Want to say nine and a half? Yeah. Okay. But let's just, to keep it clean, let's just call it nine. Okay. Shall we? Assuming Josh Okogie's the fifth starter. Okay. So now you're looking for four guys. Okay. Let's play a game. Who are the four guys? Certainly DeAndre Ayton needs a backup. Yeah. Um, So go ahead and pick your backup. Landon? Well, but that's an and-or. I think, or. That's I think an it's going to be an and-or. It's going to be so one may, spot filled by two guys maybe, given on so the maybe, night. Maybe that's your half, right? Yes. So Landell and Biz make up one guy. That's yes. your half. Yeah. Okay, two. Campaign's going to back up Chris Paul. Yeah. Okay. For better or worse. So now we have three. We have two more spots. Tory Craig is one of those guys. Tory Craig is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's that last guy? You have a ton of candidates for it. Right. And then whoever whoever you pick right now, let's look at the guys who are not in the playoff rotation because that may open some eyes as well. Based on history, the answer is Landry Shamit. Yes. So Shamit. Again, for better or worse. Jerry and I, if I were coaching the team, for what it's worth, that, 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 I, that he would be in the rotation as well. You need somebody that can knock down a shot, especially the way this team is constructed. Okay. So, but, but that guy, you're giving Shamit the nod over Terrence Ross. And I don't disagree. I think Shamit does more defensively. Right. I think Terrence Ross is probably your better option offensively. Right okay, now. so if you put Ross in that role, then Shamit's not in the rotation. Sure, sure. So again, maybe an eye-opener for some people. 
Who else is not in that rotation? Damian Lee. Damian Lee is who, not who, in your who, playoff. First rotation. half of the season was a huge contributor. Yes. People were saying that championship pedigree and you know the shooter they finally wanted. And he's kind of fallen out of the rotation. So if this, if Ish this, Wainwright, a guy this, who everybody yep. loves, so Ish but, Wainwright not in the playoff rotation. And by the way, a guy that Monty loves because of his defense. So Ish Wainwright not making the cut. T.J. Warren this, not well, making the T.J. Warren, who I thought was going to be a big that finally that answer off the bench to score, and he's just not. Oh, no. so but here's the deal: none of these guys are in jail. Monty could. Be like, all right, this this rot- this rotation I had in mind isn't working. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to put Ish Wainwright in the rotation. None of this is etched in stone, and part of the reason why Monty is saying these things with 11 games left is because none of those guys has grasped onto their role. That's the whole reason I wanted to play this yes. game. It's really hard. It is hard. And he may be shuffling the rotation midway through a playoff series. No doubt about it. Because he's got to be the mad scientist. Because some days Landry Shamet may be giving you something that Terrence Ross isn't, or vice versa. And that's really hard to do because this is a team, you'd, you'd like a championship contender to have eight or nine guys with defined roles by the time late April rolls around and this team doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem with Durant missing all these games now, is that they didn't have 22 games post-All-Star break Yes. To figure it out. And whatever, whenever Kevin Durant comes back, those roles change again. Yes. I got used to doing something when he was gone, and now he's back, and now i got to get used to doing something else. So I, I understand, oh, oh, as long as Durant's back for the playoffs, and I get it, and, and, and hopefully, hopefully they will be hell on wheels with Durant come playoff time and really tough to beat. Well, And I'm excited to see it. But you can't just discount Durant missing all these opportunities post-All-Star break for Monty Williams and everybody else on this team to figure out their roles and their rotation. Yeah, um, and you know what that does as well. Well, you talked about the expectations. I want to play this soundbite from Devin Booker, too. Uh, yesterday he spoke about those championship expectations and uh, those still existing when Kevin Durant comes back and he's on the floor. Yeah, I think everybody knows the goal. Especially when we had our finals experience, even when he wasn't here, and you know, bringing in a, you know, a champ, a two-time champ, he, he, he knows what it takes. And, and, you know, we're gonna we're gonna follow that lead. And, like you said, he, he plugged in. You know, we had three short games together, but everything went well and smoothed in. And, and now it's just getting him back healthy, getting him back out there. Yeah, and and I think Book is at the heart of this discussion as well because and Sunday's game it was a one-game uh, example, but it was a good example. Of with Kevin Durant out, with DeAndre Ayton out, and a scenario the Suns are facing again tonight in a, in a big game against the Los Angeles Lakers, you've got Devin Booker thrust into this role once again of being the guy to completely fuel the offense because those other players haven't stepped up. And you hold that up against the fact that the Suns need to win these games. You're not going to have the freshest Devin Booker going into the playoffs. Now, I still have faith in Devin Booker as a postseason performer. So he's been through the ringer two straight years, getting to the championship round, uh, and then falling short last year in very disappointing fashion. But I still have faith that he can do that. 
I'm just saying he's not going to be at the optimum energy level because they can't coast at all in these last 11 games if they want to accomplish the goals that they've set for themselves. And even if they don't coast and Booker plays heavy minutes, you could still, just because of the way the team is is constructed right now with Durant and Aiton being back, you could be coming out of that play-in tournament, mm-hmm. which is going to make even it, make it even harder on Booker from an energy stamina standpoint. Absolutely. And, and maybe... That stretch of games that Devin Booker missed earlier turns out to be some sort of weird silver lining in all of it because he doesn't have the same number of miles on the tires that he normally would have had he been healthy. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Suns and Lakers, 7 o'clock from L.A. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Coming up next, the latest, if anything, on the DeAndre Hopkins trade front with the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into that and more here on the Wednesday edition of Bickley and Murata mornings with Tim Ring in for Bick on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Now, another name that we've been hearing that is perhaps on the trade block is DeAndre Hopkins. And, Christine, I made a lot of phone calls today to different teams that are in the receiver market. Teams like the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, all these teams that need a wide receiver. And I was told for right now, they are not interested in DeAndre Hopkins. And it's not his skill set that they're concerned with. It's the fact that he comes with a price because Hopkins is going to look for a new contract. Now, there is a thought that he'll be looking for a deal like we saw Brandon Cooks get in his trade where he's taking less money. But as of right now, Christine, there's only one team I know of that is showing interest that's talking to Arizona about a possible trade, but nothing official just yet. Only one team talking to Arizona, according to Diana Rossini from uh, ESPN. Sometimes that Jersey accent just comes out with Diana Rossini. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Yam, you hear that a lot, too. He calls me Sarah. <laughs> oh, really? In Arizona, yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, so who is is that team that could be talking to the Cardinals? The teams that she mentioned as the ones that she's gauged a lack of interest in DeAndre Hopkins from the Patriots, the Bills, the Ravens, the Texans, and the Titans. One that comes to mind came up earlier in the show the Kansas City Chiefs might be in the market for a wide receiver, uh, certainly of the quality of DeAndre Hopkins. Another one, the Carolina Panthers have been a team. And I bring up the Panthers because Bill Barnwell, who I believe is one of the smartest people when it comes to uh, NFL analysis and uh, especially reading of the tea leaves and contracts and all of those things, he put together a piece on ESPN.com, Tim, about potential landing spots for for trade uh, targets like DeAndre Hopkins. And, And he's got Hopkins landing with Carolina. And he gives the reasons why it could happen, but he also says traded to the Panthers. In this deal, the Panthers would send the 93rd overall selection to the Cardinals. Puke. Which is the 30th pick in the third round. Essentially a fourth round pick. Yes, who would pick up $10 million of Hopkins' $19.5 million base salary in 2023. Carolina would also guarantee Hopkins' $14.9 million salary for 2024, putting it on the hook for two years and $24.4 million. 
He uh, concludes Hopkins would not get an extension, but he would get his 2024 salary guaranteed and have one more shot at free agency in 2025 when he'd be 33 years old. This isn't a perfect deal for everyone involved, but he would get an additional year of guarantees. The Cardinals would unload salary and get a meaningful draft pick, and the Panthers would get two years of a WR1 at a cost well below market value. If you're if you're the cart, the deal sounds great, but just bump that up to the Panthers' thirty ninth overall pick in the second round because the because the quality of player has to be a factor. Here. Yeah, the Panthers gave up wide receiver in the National Freaking Football League. The Panthers gave up so much to move up to number one, though. I yeah, don't know that they can give up a second round pick now again to get another player. But they're getting DeAndre Di- Hopkins. They also we also heard just Diana Rossini say there's not a lot of interest for. Him. Are the Cardinals going to be painted into a corner where you get what you can get for DeAndre Hopkins and move on? Or do they come to the conclusion, if it's only essentially, like Jarrett said, a fourth-round pick for him, is it worth getting rid rid of him? If that's all you're going to get for DeAndre Hopkins, why not just hold on to him? And the big wrench in that scenario is is DeAndre Hopkins doesn't want to be here. that's right. With all due respect to Diana Rossini, Mm -hmm. we don't have to take everything she says as gospel. No. Because Benjamin Albright, who's pretty good himself and extremely sourced up, says teams I'm told that are interested and they have the capital to pull off a trade for Hopkins include, but are not limited to, the Patriots, the Giants, the Titans, and the Atlanta Falcons. Rappaport yesterday said talks are heating up. Now... Kyle Odegaard put it out there that, you know, they the Cardinals may have pushed Rappaport with that information to generate, sure. you know, a market for Hopkins. Sure. But Albright's tweeting that there's interest. So just because one reporter says one thing doesn't mean we have to run with that as the end-all, be-all, absolute truth. Having said that, the Chiefs have the 63rd pick in the draft. They also have the 31st pick in the draft. 31st pick in the draft. It's the last pick. I don't know if you're going to get that for Hopkins, but the Chiefs seem to be a team that certainly could use a DeAndre Hopkins. They've lost Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes. Obviously, two years ago, they lose Tyreek Hill. They obviously want to go back to the Super Bowl. They obviously well, won obviously. a Super Bowl even after losing Tyreek Hill, though. So maybe in Kansas City's mind... We don't need to go give up that much capital to get a number one. We could piece it together like we did this year. Yeah, but you're talking about Valdez Scantling, and then who else out there? I mean, OBJ. Well, there's. I mean, you could bring both of those guys in. I'm just saying, if if you're if you're a Super Bowl, obviously contending team, wouldn't you rather have DeAndre Hopkins than a rookie at any position? You would think, and they and they. It's not like they plugged the Tyreek Hill hole with rookies. They they brought in lesser veterans, and they all paid off. I mean, like the iron's hot now. Yes. Let's let's add guys like Hopkins. Let's not take a flyer on a rookie who may suck. Let this be a reminder to you that, and people will always say, well, the Cardinals gave up a first round pick for Hollywood Brown. We talked about it yesterday. Turns out in hindsight, it was a bad deal. It was a stupid trade for the Cardinals to make. But the weight and the consequences of these contracts hold more significance in these negotiations than anything else. Hollywood Brown was an easy contract to absorb. 
yes, they did give up a first round pick. There's a lot of hoops you got to jump through and a lot of red tape in a DeAndre Hopkins acquisition because of the existing contract, because of his demands. He wants another extension with more guaranteed money front loaded. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff to jump through there. I think the Cardinals are ultimately going to get to the point where, and I'm not saying it's it's exactly what Bill Barnwell projected in a trade to Carolina, but I think when it does happen, and I think it will happen, Cardinals fans will be saying, that's all you could get for DeAndre Hopkins, who's a wonderful football player. He's one of the most talented receivers still in the game. But contract-wise... People consider the suspension now. His availability has become an issue over the last two seasons. He's All in of his those, 30s, I guess. The, the first and number of the age is man, a three. Let, but let's also, off. let's remember, just one year ago, Kansas City did not want to give Tyreek Hill a contract. Yes. So now one year later, after winning the Super Bowl, they're going to trade for another star who's older and want to give him a new contract? I think, well, it's a great question, but th- one of the guys that they plugged into that role is gone. Juju Smith-Schuster played a big role in that offense. Can can DeAndre Hopkins play that role? Yeah, he's a better player than Juju Smith-Schuster. And that's and he's why got more big playability, in my opinion. And that's why for the Chiefs to part with the sixty third pick, I mean, you're still you're still keeping your first round pick to get a guy like Hopkins again. You're built to win another Super Bowl right away. You need help at that position. I mean, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm not even all that thrilled about getting sixty three. For DeAndre Hopkins, but you may have to just make that deal to get this thing done and clean. Yep. Is your bracket busted? Don't worry. You still have a shot at 500 bucks. Just text Bucks to 62620. We'll send you a link to fill out your 16 team bracket. That's Bucks to 62620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks. It's presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Coming up next, it'll be our pleasure to welcome the legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy. All right. Al about the Suns straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings with Tim Ring sitting in for Bick on this Wednesday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suzanne, CP3 for three. Al, about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win. The Suns win. Al, about the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. For Dan Bickley today and on Wednesdays, we get the pleasure to talk to the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Phoenix Suns in his 51st year behind the microphone, Al McCoy. And uh, Al made the uh, the announcement late last week that uh, number 51 will be his last year behind the microphone. And uh, he joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Al. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Nice to be with you again. Always good to have you, and I mentioned it, uh, Friday the announcement came out and you made the rounds and said this was going to be it for you, and in the days that have followed that announcement, Al, what's been going through your mind on this whole thing? Well, it's been kind of crazy because, as you know, I was actually going to retire last year after my 50th year, and then uh, the club wanted me to do some more games this year, so I did. So uh, it's not a surprise, uh, something I planned on for some time, but nice to hear from a lot of people uh, 
who realize that uh, somebody else is going to have as much fun as I've had the last 51 doing the Suns game. That'll be great. Yeah, now, one th- I mean, you and I have sat next to each other quite a bit up there over, over the last couple of years. One thing I've never really asked you, I'll ask you right now, how often do you reflect on the last 50 years? Do you think about players and games and coaches? Or are you the kind of person that always looks ahead to the next game? What is that like for you? Well, I think it's kind of a combination, Tim. Uh, Obviously, particularly now in the late stages, I think about all those great games and great players from time to time. But uh, I look ahead probably more so uh, because you just want to continue to see uh, particularly this team uh, with the Suns uh, expand and move on and win. So it's, uh, it's kind of a combination, obviously. Uh, you think back uh, on those triple overtime games, mm-hmm. uh, the other playoff yeah. games, and the other things that have transpired with the Suns over the last 51 years, but still looking ahead. No question about that. Yeah, Al McCoy, our guest here on Wednesdays, Al about the Suns on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings. And uh, I, I know you made the announcement, but hey, there's still six home games left you'll be at. Now, hopefully, the Suns will be putting you to work in the postseason because uh, you need to win 16 to win the championship, and that would be a fitting way to go out. So I'm hoping that's well, the scenario. Well, I, I think there's going to be a lot of games left, and I, as you mentioned, I'm certainly looking forward to that. No question about it. Uh, as you and Tim and I have talked about it over the last couple days, and and I would love to get your feelings on it. The Suns are in an interesting spot right now with another mm-hmm. injury. Kevin Durant's already out. Now you have uh, DeAndre Ayton on the shelf for at least the time being. And these are not games where the Suns can coast and just protect playoff seating. They need to stack some wins. Love to get your viewpoint on what you're seeing from the Suns and the situation that they're in in the Western Conference. Al, well, we've talked about it so much this year. It's been such a crazy NBA season uh, with the injuries at the key players, uh, with players being rested. Um, I mean, right now, look, uh, the Clippers who are hanging on trying to get by the Suns and they lose Paul George last night. We don't have the extent of the knee injury. So it looks like it's not going to be good. And of course, those two teams played the final game of the regular season which could mean uh, a a great deal. But uh, it's just been an unusual year. Uh, Right now, uh, the Suns are in a waiting period, waiting to get Kevin Durant. Uh, When is that going to happen? No one seems to know. Uh, You don't want to, uh, you know, put pressure that you just have to win these games. But you take a look at how things stack up in the West, and there could be a lot of changes before the final regular season game going into the playoffs. No question about it. These are these are important games, and the Suns need to win. You know, Al, I, I talked about it a little bit yesterday. I want to get your perspective on this as well. Clearly, if Durant can't play, he can't play. But James Jones did say, hey, if this was the playoffs, he'd probably be out there. So kind of springboarding off of James Jones saying that, if this does not get turned around and the losses continue to pile up, Al, would you be like, KD, tape that thing up, put a brace on it, and get out there because we need to stay out of this play-in tournament or we need to stay into the playoff picture completely? Would you, would you, would you push the envelope on Durant getting back on the floor if this thing does not turn around quickly here? Well, certainly you do not want to lose the number four spot. No question about it. You don't want to be in the play-in. And those are decisions that I guess only Kevin Durant can make when he feels that uh, 
he's ready to play and to contribute. But uh, hopefully uh, those decisions won't have to be made. Now, the Suns are in L.A. tonight against the Lakers. They have guys out. Uh, The Suns, of course, uh, have players out. Uh, Although the Suns usually struggle a little bit in Los Angeles. But it's certainly a winnable game again. Uh, The Suns uh, just uh, have not been consistent with their bench. And that's what's really been costing them in these games that they have been losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you say about Devin Booker? The guy just goes out and plays his heart out every game mm-hmm. and is forced to just carry the offense, which he shouldn't have to do. They need somebody else to step up and score some points. But these are things that uh, they still have some games to get ironed out uh, before the playoffs start. And uh, hopefully that'll happen soon. Al, you led me into my next question, so I'll, I'll ask it anyway, because uh, Monty Williams, I think from the Suns fan base right now, is getting a little bit of heat. Monty took the blame for the loss in Oklahoma City, and he's admitted he struggled uh, finding a rotation that he can count on, but as Tim and I talked about earlier today, it's not on Monty just pushing the right buttons. The players that are candidates for those those roles in playing time have to play better. I'd love to get your thoughts on that uh, in terms of, you know, when you look at those bench players, who do you think is is in most in need of stepping up right now for the Suns? Well, uh, that's 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 the big question right now. As I mentioned, uh, Devin Booker needs help offensively. And in a lot of these games the Suns have lost, uh, we've seen the starting five uh, compete, uh, play well, but as soon as uh, Monty goes to his bench, he just can't get any offense. Guys can't uh, hit shots. And uh, someone's going to have to step up. Now, Cameron Payne has shown uh, from time to time that he has that old spark again. He certainly uh, is going to be a big factor. If Shamit is able to come back as he did in the last game and contribute, that's going to be a big help. Uh, it's just uh, a game-by-game situation right now as to who's going to step uh-huh. up, who's going to come off the bench, uh, what the group off the bench that Coach Monty puts together is going to be able to compete and stay in these ball games. Uh, still, questions, no question about it. Yeah, what scares you is the bench and their inability to hit shots is not something that gets solved with the return of Kevin Durant, obviously. But now let's let's hit a positive one. You look at the Western Conference right now. When Kevin Durant comes back and DeAndre Ayton comes back, I'm going to be very curious to see how the Western Conference playoffs shake out because I don't think there's a team that's invincible, that's insurmountable, and I think the Suns at full strength have as good a chance as any other team in the West to come out of it and play in the NBA Finals, and I firmly believe that. Well, I agree with you 100%, and uh, we talked about this, I think, last week, the fact that it's so strange this year when normally we see the Eastern teams struggling and we see the West with all the strength, and I think that's changed. I was really surprised last night. uh, Boston, the Celtics, were up uh, against the Kings in Sacramento, and it was a close game at halftime. But in the second half, the Celtics just blew out Sacramento, which really surprised me because we know that Sacramento is a good team and the Suns will be up there on Friday night. Mm -hmm. But uh, a a switch, the power with those teams in the East now, Boston, Philadelphia, go right down the line. Milwaukee, of course, seem to be stronger than the teams in the West. 
And as you mentioned, Tim, I would agree with you as a result of that. Uh, when the Suns do get KD back, we saw the difference he can make in just the three games that he played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Suns are still in a good situation. Yeah. Al, always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll do it again next Wednesday. Enjoy your week. Sounds good, guys. Always Thanks, nice Al. to visit with you. Have a great day. Thanks. You too, buddy. Al McCoy, the legendary voice, the Hall of Fame voice of the Phoenix Suns, joining us on All About the, uh, Al About the Suns, as he does every uh, Wednesday. Coming up next in a bunched-up Western Conference that doesn't take a lot to shift the standings, yet three massive developments in the last day could wreak havoc, and that could affect the Suns. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings. Tim Ring sitting in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Me saying things, um, you know, actions speak very louder than words. So that's my main focus now. Obviously, you know, super excited to be back with my teammates. Um, you know, that's, you know, the main thing right now. So right now for me, it's just, you know, keeping the main thing, the main thing, and continuing to, uh, you know, go through my process of, you know, becoming, you know, a better me. So like, you know, if I do that, not only will it help me, um, but it'll help, you know, everybody around me as well. That's John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. He's set to make his return tonight. Night as the Grizzlies host the Houston Rockets, but uh, we got a bunch of developments in the Western Conference, which has been this weird soap opera all season long. I don't think there's any team really outside of the Denver Nuggets, and you might be able to throw the Nuggets into the mix right now yeah. too, Tim, because they've hit hit the skids a bit uh, after a consistent year that they've stayed healthy, but they're not playing their best basketball. But with John Morant coming back. Obviously affects things in the Western Conference. He's their best player. Carl Anthony Towns is set to return after a 51-game absence for a calf strain. He's ready to come back from Minnesota right after they lose Anthony Edwards. So his presence could potentially help. And then you got, on the flip side of it, Paul George's injury. And Al McCoy made reference to it in our interview with Al. Late in that game last night, not only did the Clippers lose a tough one-point decision to Oklahoma City, who's back to 500 now, they might have lost one of their key cogs for a, for a playoff push. And I think the more dependable of their two stars when when you put him up against Kawhi Leonard. Shams tweeted about an hour ago that the Clippers are fearing that the Paul George injury is serious. Now, if you saw the video, like it, Vinny did... It looked bad. It looked serious. If Paul George is out for the year, the Clippers are done. Right. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard said if if Paul George is out for the year, uh, Kawhi might step up and and play two out of every five games instead of <laughs> two out of have every to ten. Think about playing back yeah. to back. I, I think I, I think we can cross the Clippers off as factors in the West. We'll Paul cross George them is. off the list then. Now the now the Timberwolves are right now they're in ninth. Okay, you get Carl Anthony Towns back, but as you mentioned, Anthony Edwards is out, so they're they're not at full strength. But could they could they with 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 Anthony Towns back, could they could they get him up into the could he get him up into the sixth spot and get him out of the play in terms? Look, they're in ninth right now, thirty six and thirty seven. But that, you know that's uh, you know three and a half games, three games behind the Suns right now. The John Morant thing is interesting to me now because the Grizzlies somehow have navigated his absence 
And they have a firm grip on the two seed. And thanks to the Nuggets playing 500 basketball over the last 10 games or so, yeah. the Grizzlies are only three and a half back of the one seed. Yeah, they're, they're not out of the running for the one seed, which I know I said earlier in this week, nobody's catching Denver. If Denver keeps playing like this, the Grizzlies might be able to do it. It is, it is amazing. If you look at the top six in the West over their last 10 games. I'm looking at the same thing. A lot of mediocre. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable how yeah. no there's such like a tightness, a bunch of it. Nobody wants to take control of any position in, in the standings. In the entire Western Conference, Jarrett, 15 teams. Yeah. Only one Oklahoma team, City is only playing Oklahoma better City. than 6-4 basketball, and that's Oklahoma that's City. unbelievable. Which kind of, if that continues, it kind of bodes well for the Suns to at least hang on to a to a four or five seed. Yeah, because it's hard to lose ground. And you're when, playing each other. When you're middling, when other teams are middling as well. And the, the whole conference has been middling all season long. And do you think that that's because it's just mediocrity and parity across the conference? Or do you think it's, you know... It's mediocrity, just, it's it's injuries, it's parity, it's no team is really all that dominant. And Does the West just have more teams that don't care about the regular season, though? Well, when you look at the, there could be that, that could be a factor, too. But the injury thing is, is, is real. I mean, Memphis is getting John Morant back, but they don't have... They don't have Clark. They were without Steven Adams. Sacramento just lost Kevin Herter for the time being. The Suns right now don't have Aiton and Durant. Clippers might have lost Paul George for the rest of the way, and they've battled injuries all season long. How about the, poor, Pel- how about the poor Pelicans? The Pelicans haven't had Zion, but when can you count on Zion? Right. Golden State hasn't had Andrew Wiggins for personal reasons for, for quite some time. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, the Dallas, Lakers and LeBron. Dallas, Kyrie Lakers and, and, and uh, Luka have been out, but Kyrie's back now. Uh, speaking of the, the Mavericks, did you see the attempted jersey exchange a couple nights ago no. between Dylan Brooks and Kyrie Irving? No. So Dylan Brooks, um, who, credit to him, has really elevated his status on the most disliked players in the league list, and I think the players don't like him either. But he's matched up against Kyrie. The Grizzlies get the win. They're talking smack the whole game going back and forth. They have the post-game embrace, and Dylan Brooks takes off. Uh, Kyrie takes off his jersey. Dylan Brooks takes off his jersey. Can we outlaw on-court jersey swaps, by the way? I'm so tired of it. <laughs> they should Kyrie have to exchange. the jersey to Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks tries to hand the jersey to Kyrie Irving. He doesn't take it. No. So people are asking him after the game, and he's like, "Oh, you know, maybe I'll get that from him next time." I, I you know, I, I was just thinking about my did, next move. Did Brooks take Kyrie's yes. jersey? Yes. And that Kyrie gave it Brooks was the like, Heisman. It was like somebody leaving you hanging out to dry on a high five times a million. Oh my God, the Heisman on a jersey and exchange? Then Dylan no, Brooks. bro. No, bro. I'm good. And then Dylan Brooks said after. Um, hey, how much he admires Kyrie Irving and how much he appreciates and is in alignment with everything that Kyrie Irving stands for, oh which kind of meant people like, oh, well, it's all making sense to me now. <laughs> they should have to exchange shorts on the court. No, Jared, nobody oh, no. wants to see that. All right, well, did you see the meme of Patrick? Did you thought. see the meme of Patrick Mahomes in the official exchanging jerseys? <laughs> <laughs> And my other my other favorite one, and this is not even a meme, this was a real thing. Two guys were partying in Vegas till like six AM at a club and they came out of the club and they exchanged their their, their club shirts. Oh, that's funny. Because they were they were so proud of each other for making it to six AM at the club. That's amazing. <laughs> and they took a picture, they were exchanging their their sweaty club shirts in the lobby of the casino. Incredible. <laughs> so much velvet.
Yeah. I, so much sheen. It's one of those things, and, and people talk about the NBA's become way, way too friendly. There's way too many friendships that, you know, the fans don't like to see that most of all. Right. The, uh, Getting Some back, players are still cutthroat. I I appreciate that. You know the the basketball. You know the John Morant thing is interesting too because uh, Tim Legler was talking about this yesterday. The Morant at a, at a very uh, you know the dog days of the NBA, he got like an extended second All Star break, mm-hmm. and presumably if he was drinking too much, he kind of cleaned up his act, or that was the hope, right? And he said it wasn't you know for alcohol related; it was stress management related. But is what he said. But let's assume part of his recovery during his time off was maybe not to, even if he didn't have an alcohol problem, yeah. was maybe not to drink as much. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're coming back rested and you're laying off the booze, John Morant might be one heck of a force. He might be. Because anybody who's ever drank in their life will tell you it's a lot easier to play basketball not hungover. I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> never he's, he's read about it. He's heard about it. He's seen it on TV, but never experienced. So I mean, if John Morant, to you too. if John Morant, as a guy who has drank and played basketball <laughs> quite a bit, um, you might, you might, you might have a rested and ready John Morant uh, to to hit the. Weren't there famous Iverson and uh, Dennis Rodman stories that they just like party all through the night and then just play the game? Yeah, those yeah. guys were inhuman. Yeah, they were not uh, of the same uh, <laughs> earth as we were. And maybe John Morant's cut from that same cloth, but imagine how good those guys would be if they weren't drinking in Las Vegas till 8 in the morning and then playing a game. <laughs> we can say that uh, drinking did not inhibit rebounding skill. Right. So Legler was talking about the rest. I, I brought the, the alcohol thing was me. I'm yeah. just thinking if he's, if he's cleaned up his act in that regard, he's going to be a healthier, stronger I basketball agree. player in the postseason. And what John Moran, too, said about his return, he's like, I'm not completely better. This is an ongoing process, which I actually appreciate. And I made a joke about it yesterday. I was like, wow, he can go off for eight days and get his life together before other players can come back from twisted ankles and such. But we'll see how that works out. Carl but Anthony Towns missed 51, 51 games, games, games with, with a calf, calf strain. <laughs> You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell will guide us through some social studies on uh, social media. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings. Tim Ring sitting in for Bick today on this Wednesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.